Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina. I'm excited to be back with you for another high school football season. Uh, alongside me this week and for the duration of the season is Mike Lockman, a uh, longtime football coach in the state of New Hampshire. Most recently was the head coach over at uh, Sauhegan High School. Mike, thank you, uh, thank you for jumping in and doing this, uh, joining me for what will hopefully be an entertaining season. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. I, uh, at like all retired coaches, you sort of <laughs> it seems like they end up with the media yeah, at some point. With the media. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be talking about high school football. It's kind of scratching an itch for me, so thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Um, of course, before we get started, I want to remind all of you, uh, we'll be recording the shows this year, uh, or this season, I should say, on Tuesdays uh, instead of Wednesdays at 6 p.m. at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. You can uh, be a part of the show by emailing us at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com, or if you uh, actually want to see us face-to-face, that's actually mighty brave of you. You can come on down, uh, <laughs> listen to us live, maybe throw stuff at us while we're trying to talk here. I don't know. See if it'll distract us. If you're going to throw something at us, throw I mean, some food some at us. We'll, ta- yeah, yeah, we'll nice. take it. Uh, and, of course, the show will be available to listen to every Wednesday morning uh, at nh-highschoolsports.com, or you can catch it on uh, iTunes. Well, now that we got that out of the way, Coach, let's, uh, let's get going here. Cause, talk a little uh, ball. Yeah, we got a lot to, to talk about in kind of a uh, – a preseason uh, chat about, you know, the high school football season that gets started, you know, this Friday. Uh, yeah. Hard to believe. I, I think every year I, I, I sit there in that first day of practice and I go, how am I going to wait three more weeks for, for a football game? And then the next thing you know, it's here. It flies. I think it, it flies as a, as a coach. Uh, it flies as a fan. It probably doesn't fly as much if you're a player because you've gotten <laughs> right. through those hot right. days in your equipment. Yeah. But it, it goes fast and it's upon us now. Uh, you know, of course, uh, like I said, the regular season kicks off on Friday with a bunch of games. Got a couple other games on Saturday this week. Uh, season goes for nine games all the way to the last weekend of October. Uh, playoffs beginning then first weekend in November. We got three rounds now, uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, and final up yep. at UNH. Awesome event. Uh, fantastic day uh, the last couple of years with all three championship games back to back to back. And now that that stadium is finished. That's right. Um, you know, made for uh, a different kind of year being on the other side of the field, at least where the press box is now at UNH. Yep. Um, but just a fantastic venue uh, and just a, a fantastic day for, for the kids that make it that far. Yeah, and the and the journey, as you said, begins this Friday. It's a ton of excitement. Every team at this phase has their hopes uh, of going there, and then it's like a big story that plays out. It's, yeah. it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. Of course, last week uh, both of us got to, to catch a few games up at the Queen City Jamboree. I also yep. did a little bit of traveling uh, last Wednesday up to Kingswood for the Granite State Jamboree. Yep. Uh, got to see a few teams I normally wouldn't see up there. And then, uh, you know, a couple other scrimmages over the uh, over the, the course of this uh, August. You know, what? Um, let's start with a little bit of the talk about Division One. Um, you know, obviously Bedford beating Exeter last year in the final 7 nothing. Exeter's been there the last two years. Uh, Bedford, you know, has lost, I think, what, two games or three games, excuse me, in the last three years. Yeah. Going back to, you know, 14 when they lose to Pinkerton in the championship game. Uh, both teams undefeated that year. 2015, they lose two to Goffstown, one in the semifinals, and then last year undefeated. Yeah. Um, no chance of seeing those teams again in the final this year as they're on the same side. What, yeah. 
you know, what do you, uh, from what you've seen, who, who has maybe stood out to you in the preseason so far? Well, certainly I think you opened with where I would have started, which is Bedford. Um, you, you know, uh, I, 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 I kind of felt bad for the Londonderry Lancers on Friday night. I think they ran into a bit of a, a tough draw there. Right. Um, it, they've, got a, they've got good numbers. I think they've got a lot of talented kids. Bedford's obviously still loaded. They've got, um, is it Connor Robert? Is that Connor Robert, a quarterback, yeah. Yep. And it all starts with him, the way that they structure their offense. Yeah. Um, they were very, very good defensively against what I think is a pretty well-coached Londonderry offense. Yep. Um, but I think it was a while before Londonderry was able to even kind of put anything positive together. Yeah, they um, – So Bedford as advertised. Yeah. Strong. They, they looked like they were in probably mid-season form – you know, yeah. a, a week before the season started. Uh, I think some of that is just the preparation. I mean, they get such good off-season participation. Um, but you're also talking about a senior three-year starter at quarterback. Yep. You know, he's got some skill players that have been around for a while. Um, I believe, you know, they've got um, a pretty solid group back on defense too. Yep. And, of course, that coaching staff is – is uh, you know one of the best uh, at, at just being prepared, yeah. I think, for, for anything that's thrown at them. I think they're good at that, and I think they're good at motivating their guys. I think they're good. Like you said, the numbers kind of promote the off-season participation because right. you, you don't show up for a workout. There's another guy that did, and he's probably not that much below not far you. far behind you, and, yeah. And yeah. You know, they have the ability at, at, at Bedford and some of the other schools where they have the numbers is to say, hey, that guy was here, you weren't. He's going to get the nod. Yeah. It's a nice, nice problem to have. Yeah. Um, you know, another team that was in the Jamboree that I think will be, uh, you know, among the conversation as we move throughout the year is uh, Salem. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they played Goffstown for the third year in a row in the Jamboree, which is a little interesting. I think each year they've Goffstown won one, they tied, and then now Salem, you know, won yeah. uh, the two-quarter scrimmage there, 20-6. to six. Um, You know, but what really stood out to me, Salem is a solid team. They're, they're a solid team year in and year out, running the football, um, they play great defense, but I think what gives them, again, an X factor this year is, is Josh Sabanda at running yep. back. Um, just there's not a lot of kids that can match up with his speed. No, he was uh, – I, I had seen him regular season last year, and he was very good. You, you know, And we talked about him during our playoff discussion right. last year. But he was pretty electric on Friday night against a very, very good Goffstown defense. I mean, I – I have nothing but respect for what Goffstown has done defensively over the last several years. They bring a lot of pressure. They're very well coached. Um, and, and, and he was explosive. He, yeah. he had a couple of explosive runs. And I think the other thing that you don't want to lose sight of with Salem is that their whole backfield is loaded. Um, yeah. There's the guy you did the feature on who's their, their quarterback, which is Soldano, yep. um, who's a returning starter, who's three a, year a starter. very yeah, a solid dude, starter. right? Um, I don't know the names of some of the other backs, but their fullback is a stud. And they had two of their key runners out last year when they played um, go, um, Bedford, in the, Bedford in the quarterfinals. And yeah. the guys that stepped up and played weren't your typical second-string yeah. guys. I yeah. mean, they may not have had the explosiveness that uh, um, Josh has, but they ran hard, and they knew what they were doing. They blocked hard for each other. They're loaded, and they're in, they've, got that, they've got a system that's going to exploit those guys. Yeah, they... Um, um, I uh, lost my train of thought there, of course. Because um, <laughs> I was rambling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, they, you mentioned Soldano, and, and the thing that, that um, kind of I think about with him is something that, that Rob Pike, the, the Salem coach, said um, after a game last year when someone – they threw the ball a little bit more uh, at times, and I believe it was against Goffstown. Um, 
you know, someone was surprised. It was like, oh, I didn't know that, that, that Matt could do that. And, and Rob's response was kind of, he's a good quarterback. We just don't throw the ball. Right. Like, right. He, he could throw it if we wanted him he's to. He's there if we need it yeah, kind of thing. It's the, yep. Yeah, exactly. It's there if they need it. He's more than capable of, of, of that and, and of running the ball, too. He's an excellent athlete. Yeah. Um, actually, I think it's it mentioned in there, too, um, you know, he's not even sure he's getting looks for baseball and football right. in terms of college. Uh, of course, I, I'll um, be getting to see them firsthand on Friday as they come here to Nashua to take on what I think is another, you yeah. know, favorite in the division this year in uh, Nashua South, yeah. which is another team that just, like Salem, returns a ton of experience from, you know, a team that came on strong at the end of last year, made the playoffs, and gave Exeter a bit of a uh, semi-scare in yeah. the quarterfinals. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was yeah. a good game. Um, yeah, that, that's that's got to be at least the Division One game of the week. I mean, that's a great Week One matchup. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, the, the Florida State. Or yeah, okay, yeah, you know yeah. the Florida State yeah. game uh, against yeah. uh, um, uh, Alabama uh, that's coming right. up, or yes, the Merrimack um, Bedford game last year. That's a big one, Week yeah. One, um, and and to be bringing back their quarterback. Um, and, and a number of the weapons that they have that are coming back from last year. I've talked to a number of the Division One coaches, just guys that I've known and stuff, and they've all been, you know, Coach Knight probably doesn't want to hear me say this, but they've all been like, yeah, South's going to be loaded. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they're, um, their biggest question marks probably come on the defensive side. I know over the years they've struggled at times um, just with giving up, giving up points. Um, you know, they need to find a new middle linebacker. Uh, yeah. I'm sure, though, they've they've gotten a better idea of that since when I you know talked to Coach Knight uh, at the beginning of the, the, the practices. Yeah. Um, you know, but you look at another team that's in there in with them too is uh, Bishop Girton. Saw them yeah. on Saturday. They've got another um, stellar quarterback returning in Sam Rate. Yeah. Um, just uh, a guy that can do a number of different things. You know, he he throws the ball very well. Can run the ball. Just he seems like he knows that offense in and out. Uh, they of course uh, on Saturday scrimmaged uh, is it Bonnie Eagle uh, from up in yeah, Maine. Yeah, from Maine. Um, you know, and just kind of I think got worn down a little bit in that scrimmage just because it was a it was an odd day. It was like 75 out, but I felt like on the turf at Stellos it was like 90. Yeah, it was heavy. Um, yeah, the sun is just was was very hot uh, Saturday. Um, hopefully they find a little bit of depth as they go and 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 uh, you know develop a couple little bit of uh, some playmakers there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I think BG's key this year is going to be the depth. If they can if they can continue to develop players through the course of the season, you can't you can't understate how important it is that they have such a great athlete coming back at quarterback in the scheme that they run. Uh, just that alone is light years ahead of where anybody else would want to be. And South is obviously in the same position, um, running a spread offense and having a QB that has a ton of experience and is a dual threat coming back. If they can they can develop some good people around him, They'll be in. They'll be in uh, interesting position to threaten as well. And uh, you know, one thing we've mentioned, I think, with all of these teams too, is is they all return experienced quarterbacks. Yep. Um, you know, when you look at Division One, I, I think that's maybe the big key to the teams that are looked at as maybe contenders this year. I mean, uh, Dover has its quarterback back. Yep. Exeter has Cody Morissette, who has played varsity football but was behind Kyle Ball the last couple of years. Uh, moving in at quarterback, but I—I I mean, that almost seems like, you know, he—he's a kid that knows what you, you know what you're going to get out of him. He knows what to do. Yeah. Um, 
you know, Winnicott has its quarterback back. Pinkerton, I believe, does as well. And that team we haven't even mentioned it. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. how do you have a, a discussion about D1 contenders without With, without mentioning them? But it's it's entirely the, the big pink yeah. coming up there. Um, you know, one team that too that that kind of. Um, I think maybe people are a little curious about what's going to happen with them as Merrimack, too. Yeah. They, of course, have a new quarterback, a new just about everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I've seen Merrimack a couple times. And, um, yeah, so, so they, they were still having a quarterback battle, actually, mm-hmm. um, when I watched them. But, you know, they're, they're going to be pretty good. I think a lot will depend on how quickly some of those new guys that are stepping up mature. Mm-hmm. Um they they're in a situation now where they're they're set to to um, to essentially build around um, Eichmann, mm-hmm. you know, and so the question for them becomes, I think, offensively, how are you going to utilize Eichmann? Is he going to be a running back? Is he going to be a slot? And then can they be balanced enough to where whatever they want to do to feature Eichmann, are they balanced enough in the other places mm-hmm. to make the defense not load up right, on Eichmann? Right. If they can do that, because they didn't, they didn't really have to do that last year. No, they were they didn't. so they were, good yeah. throwing the ball yeah, that yeah. they didn't care whether yeah. people were loaded up on the pass because they were still going to get it done. Well, I think this year with uh, breaking in a new QB and a, and a bunch of new skill position players, um, the question will be, can they establish the balance early on and make defenses respect the other guys that they have, and uh, th- they're such a good coaching staff. My guess is they probably have that figured out. Yeah, um, yeah. they have some other playmakers. I-, I wish I could remember the fellas, the kid's name, but they have a DB wide receiver that um, that was that was in- featured in some of the stuff that I saw, who was really good. And he he played a little bit last year with that other cast of guys that they had. But right, solid. Yeah. Uh, going back again to last Friday, uh, the Jamboree. Another team that really kind of caught my eye uh, was Manchester Central. Yes. Um, you know, played well for most of that uh, scrimmage there. Ended up coming up short against them, against uh, Timberlane, uh, 13-12. But they did some nice things in that scrimmage that, that kind of really stood out to me. You know, be able to move the ball pretty well, running it and throwing it. I thought they played some pretty good defense uh, at, for stretches in there. Yeah. Um, you know, they. so I think they're going to be a team that, you know, really might, might – surprise people uh, I, got a good shot at getting back in the playoffs I think so too I, I I have to admit I love watching central play because they're kind of got that they've got that old school kind of just yeah, yeah. tough hard nose they're big they're physical um, but their their offense is fun because they they can go with two backs and they always ha- they always have a really good tailback yeah um, and th- their their starter uh, on Friday night got banged up yeah and you know you're worried about who the next guy in was going to be and, and how are they going to react? And he had some really good runs and come to find out neither of those two guys were the projected starters <laughs> actually. So I'm like, wow, then they've got a deep backfield, yeah, yeah. but then they can line up and they can throw the ball. They've got great play action passing. They can drop back and throw the ball deep. Uh, and that wasn't their starting quarterback either. Right. As you and I kind of yeah. noticed and said, geez, they're not even playing their number one yeah. QB. So um, so yeah, they they might be a lot of fun to watch. The Exeter Central game week one yeah, we, that's, is one of the ones I have. That's going to be a big one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and another team in that um, in that division or in that I should say in that conference with Bedford, of course, and Central and North is Goffstown. Goffstown. That um, you know may not have the all around talent that it did two years ago uh, when it you know when they were the undefeated state uh, division one champs. Um, you know, but they've got some of those kids still back. Yep. Uh, you know, and but they've had a little bit of a quarterback battle. It looks like, you know, going through their their training camp. Of course, uh, Charlie Keith got 
the uh, start in the Jamboree and probably get the start Saturday against Concord. Um, but they've got a couple other guys that can play that spot if need be. Uh, you know, and they've, um, like you said, they play some really tough defense. They and do. I think that's where they've got most of their experience back is on that side of the ball. Yeah. Um, should be a pretty interesting interesting run with those three teams. Of course, yeah, three teams can make it out of, out of one conference into the playoffs, but... You know, I, I don't know. When you look at that, and then you they, they cross over with Exeter, Dover, Winnicott, who you know should all be pretty solid. Portsmouth league this um, year. Yep. You know, it, it, that's going to be a tough, tough. Uh, you can end up with team, you know, with six wins that ends up not making the playoffs. Yeah, which is always kind of a shame when that happens. But yeah, I, I thought Gosstown looks great. I, I, I'd seen Gosstown twice as well, if you count the Jamboree that we watched the other night, and. Um, like you said, maybe not the same type of team that they had the last year or so, but still very good. Uh, they strike right. me as one of those teams where people may think they're pretty good, but but not necessarily expect them to beat a great team. And they may be one of those teams that will sneak up and beat a really good team this season um, because they do have that recent history of success. Right. And they do have kids that know how to win. And um, Justin Huft does a great job over there, uh, you know, kind of balancing – the fun with the seriousness of going oh, into, yeah, yeah. going into the game <laughs> each week, you know they they do a good job at that, and yeah. that wins games. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Goffstown kind of does the win every one they're supposed to win, and then grabs and one, maybe that, sneaks up on somebody. Yeah, yeah. that people like you yeah. and I might have said, ah, they're probably not going to win that one, mm. and then they do because yeah. they know better than we do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's kind of make a jump here to Division Two. Um, you know, of course, last year you had uh, Plymouth upsetting Wyndham in the semifinals and yep. then moving on and, and surviving, I would say, against Bo. Yeah. Um, which, you know, uh, um, hopefully the Bo, Bo people don't take this as a knock, but nobody outside no. of Bo saw that one coming. No. Um, a team that had just moved up to Division Two after some successful years in Division Three. Yeah. Um, you know, moving in as the seventh seed and getting to the final. Played um, very well at the right time. Yeah, yeah. And both of those teams... Um, you know, Plymouth has, of course, uh, Garrett Maycomber back, who's, you know, the reigning Gatorade player of the year. Yeah. Uh, really carried that team on his back for large stretches because they were just depleted at times with injuries. And then Bo, um, you know, they've got most everybody back from yeah. that team. But outside, I mean, even with that, I think it's pretty much wide open in Division Two. It, it really is. I, you know, it starts and ends with Maycomer. I think he is one of the best players. And I mean, obviously, he's one of the best players in the state. Yeah. But you know, he was a man against boys last year. Yeah, he really was in a lot of those games. And uh, I, I went through about half the season thinking that he was a senior. Yeah. Somebody was like, "No, dude, he's a junior." I was like, "Oh my man, talk about talk about uh, deadly." Um, and I think they're going to be built a little differently this year. From what I've, I've been able to gather, I, you know, I think they did lose some key guys up yeah. front. And so um, it'll it'll depend on how well Plymouth can feature Maycomer with a rebuilt line and maybe feature a little bit more team speed than they have in the past. I, I got to be honest with you, I don't know much about Bo. They're one of the few teams that I didn't see at all last year yeah. in, in, in almost any capacity. Um, but I do know they have a lot coming back and um, they've always been well coached and well disciplined. They're very physical. Um, you know, and, and interesting that, that both of these teams are, are North Conference teams, of course, Division Two and now Division Three, set up with two conferences, North and South, where it's possible for two teams from the same side to yep. play each other in the finals because teams are seeded. You have your conference champs 1-2, and 
and then it's the next six best teams, right. which in whatever order I think is is a fantastic I way like to do it. it. Yeah. Um, you know, not that the the way the division one set up is wrong or bad. Um, it's just different. Right. Um, and of course, on the other side, you have in the south, Wyndham and Milford and Hollis Brookline, uh, who I think are going to be kind of the top three. You know, battling it out there. Um, you know, I've haven't seen Milford or Hollis, um, you know, this preseason, but have talked to both coaches, kind of talked to a couple other people about just what's back. And I think given what both of them have returning, um, you know, and who they play, that they can be one of those top teams. And Wyndham, you know, it seems like every year they just reload. Yeah. Um, although I saw them a couple of times in a couple of scrimmages and was wondering if maybe they were trying to get everybody into these scrimmages at times because yep. – They'd they'd have good stretches and then maybe not so good stretches. Yeah, and that it could be a, a matter of the the substitution uh, in the preseason. You know that's why preseason football, preseason baseball is always kind of interesting because teams are a lot of teams are working on stuff. They're not game planning. They're trying to get looks at guys. I, I think it's the South Conference has to start and end with Wyndham until somebody proves otherwise. Um, again, well coached a machine of a program that gets good kids out, good athletes. They're bought into a, um, a, a very good system, I think. And um, they have a lot to replace, no question. Um, but I've said that every year that I coached against them. So I think you'd be, you'd be foolish not to expect them to be there yeah, and yeah. to be competitive. Hollis Brookline is fascinating because that's not a team that, um, that you're used to saying may be there in the end. But... Um, Delaney, who's their quarterback, and you did a feature on in, in your prospectus, maybe I, I shouldn't say maybe, I believe he's the best quarterback in Division Two. Yeah. Um, and that's not to take anything away from um, Spezaferi from Conval, who is also an excellent quarterback. But there's there's something a little little special about Delaney that, in my mind, puts him ahead. He's got a ton of those receivers coming back, right. including yep. Matt Simcoe, who's yep. an absolute stud. And um, is most of most of their lines back? I uh, believe they a, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they got, got a couple guys that can step up at running back. I don't think I think that's where their big hit was. Yeah, um, but certainly, uh, you're right. I think uh, Joey Delaney is going to be a kid at the end of the year. We're talking about as as having one of the best seasons in in the in the state this year. Yeah, I think so. I think the big question for Hollis will be, can they play defense the way they need to play? I think I think if Hollis if Hollis Brookline's defense can play hard-nosed against the teams that aren't built like them so more of the power run type teams that they're going to face later on i think they'll be in very good shape i think that if if they're going to struggle against those type of teams um you know it, I, I think that's where if i were them that's where i would be looking yeah, to focus yeah. is my my inside run defense so that's that's five uh five teams from division two that we've mentioned as potentially making the playoffs of course eight get in i'd say there's almost at least another five that are going to be competing when you look at St. Thomas, yep. Conval, Sauhegan, uh, Laconia, John Stark, Hanover, uh, maybe even Kennett. Yeah. Um, it's just it, it, the list of, of teams that could be there is just it. it it's awesome. It, it's yeah. Yeah. It, it's really why I think, you know, you wanted to switch to this kind of system and why it's working. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, all those teams you just mentioned should be should have great seasons. Milford is one that you, you opened with that uh, 
they, they like to fly under the radar a little bit, I think. Yeah, but they're, yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, Keith. But they're going to be loaded. They get a ton back from last year, and I know they weren't a playoff team last year, but you could argue they, they probably were good enough to be one. Um, Michael Boucher mm. is, is the next in a long line of two-way linemen that Milford have had. If you go back to Hughes and Palladino. Right. And he's the next. He's sort of the heir apparent of the, their yep, the next their guy line. up. And yeah. I think, I think he's the best of the three. And that's not just disrespect Hughes or Palladino at all. I just think Boucher is that much better. He yeah. is really good. Um, and then they've got Maverick Dodier at running back. Um, the quarterback they have, whose name escapes uh, me, is, Zach is, King. He's is, back. Is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they've got a, a bunch of backs. Um, see, I know more about D two, so I can talk <laughs> about this stuff. Um, uh, I, I think um, I think Sauhegan is a team that might surprise some people. Um, yeah. They have so much back from last year. They've added some other names to their roster that contributed on on Friday night. Yeah, we we were that's right. I, they were in that late scrimmage that ended up being about an, starting an hour late. It yep. felt like, um, you know. But it, it, I was really impressed with um, the quarterback that started for them, uh, John John Loans. Yep. I believe is how you, you say his name. Who. I, the, anyone that listened to this to us during um, lacrosse season remembers me talking about him, um, you know, as, as Sauhegan's backup goalie and came in in, in, in a game uh, late in the year and played really well. Um, you know, just looks like he's going to be a, a tremendous athlete. Um, yeah. You know, he's a, yeah, a, he a junior. Uh, very well. And yeah. then you also have to take into account that I, I think, in, in my opinion, knowing what little I know now about their roster, right, kids change and develop right. and, and, and so forth, but their three most experienced returning players weren't on the field on Friday yeah. night. That would be Dante Savo, um, David Labonte, who was a defensive back, uh, senior defensive back, started since he was a sophomore, and Palmer Bolowski, who was a junior captain last yeah. year. Those three guys weren't on the field. So Sauhegan could be very good. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of who else we've we've run down in Division Two. Oh, John Stark is another one of those teams where you have um, – Parker McQuarrie is is a different type of quarterback than his I, brother, but I think he's from from a couple of different coaches good. that I've talked to, or you know, over different sports. Because of course he's a you know a three sport kid, football, basketball, lacrosse. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe he they they say he's you know maybe not quite the athlete that his older brother Drew was, who's Drew's you know off at yeah, Boston College. Boston College, so right? You know, he's <laughs> tremendous athlete. Um, but he might be a better quarterback, right? You know that that he maybe, you know, has m- his abilities are maybe more fit to that. Whereas Drew's down there, uh, I believe, is a tight end. Tight end, end yeah, yeah. I would have said that that Drew was probably a more physical specimen in terms of he could pull right. the ball down. Yeah. And you know, when they played Sauhegan when I was the coach there yeah. last year, you know, that's really how they beat us. Was yeah. they just he just started running and um, we couldn't stop him. Yeah. Whereas I think Parker is much more of a pocket decision maker kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and maybe not that physical type of guy yet. He may very well be by the time he's a senior, but um, but they're going to be pretty good. And from what I understand, they're pretty good up front too. Um, so so that that's that's another team to keep an eye on. Um, I think it's wide open, and I think that's going to make it a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, Division Three. Uh, you know, that's uh, that might even be the same uh, as Division Two with a little bit of, of wide open. Um, certainly a, a, a number of uh, teams that should be contending. Of course, you've got, um, you know, Monadnock that was undefeated last year going into the semifinals, upset by Stevens. Um, 
you know, I, I've seen a little bit of talk that Stevens could be in there, but, you know, given what they lost from last year in terms of skill guys to graduation, their quarterback left to go to prep school. Yep. Um, you know, but they've got some returning linemen, I believe. Uh, Interlakes Moltenboro, of course, has Andrew Brothers back at running back who, you know, he's been to the finals now tw two years in a row. Yeah. Got that experience um, to maybe get there again. And those are those teams all in the north. Um, in the south, you look at Campbell, who – you know, has kind of been talking about this this year as being their next year to, to really have a shot at it after playing a lot of young kids the last couple of years. Um, you know, I've, I've seen them scrimmage a couple of times, and uh, hopefully I'm not giving any, way, any big secrets here that it's seeing, but they look like they're running some kind of variation of a, a single wing type yep. offense with, you know, two guys back waiting for the ball. And, and um, you know, it's – from what I've seen, it's kind of given teams a hard time. It's a hard offense to defend. It is, yeah, especially uh, if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's, yeah, or you haven't uh, seen it before. Everybody, you know, the coaches all know what they're doing. Yeah, it's yeah, a oh matter yeah, of yeah. how familiar they, you are yeah, with things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think, again, eight teams get into the playoffs, and there's maybe ten that, you know, someone's someone's going to finish with a pretty decent record and, and, and go home yeah. uh, without a playoff game. It's awesome. It ramps the urgency up. Um and, and and it and it increases the level of disappointment at the end of the year if you are that team on the outside looking in. But I agree with you, right? I think Interlakes, Maltonboro, um, just on the strength of the, the the key guys like brothers that they have coming back is 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 a good one. I think it's a little harder to reload in Division Three, um, right. just because yeah. of the numbers. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the available numbers and the schools are different. But um, you can't count Stevens out, especially without understanding what they do have and don't have coming back, uh, especially after the way they finished last year, you've got to figure that the, yeah, there's, there's some, there's going to be some carryover. There's some carryover yeah, and yeah, excitement. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love, uh, I'm not going to lie. I love Campbell. You know, we used to scrimmage Campbell um, when I was at Sauhegan and um, they've always got good athletes. Um, I think the question for Campbell yeah. will be, can they mature that group quickly in terms of their leadership? Um, can they play well up front? I think will be a big thing, um, and 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 then you've got Manadnock, who is always just a just a beast a, a tough of a team. team. Uh, yeah. new, you know, with a new head coach this year, who'd been in the you know has been in the program for a couple of years, I believe. Um, you know, saw them scrimmage Wyndham the other day, and um, I was really impressed. You know, they they had someone they were, you know, they were hanging with Wyndham um, up until one of their linemen kind of got dinged up, and they yeah. just took him out. Um, you know, and then it kind of evened out a little bit, and Wyndham ended up getting a defensive touchdown late in the scrimmage. Yeah. Um, but I was really impressed with how well they played, especially, you know, it looked like most of their guys play both ways. Yeah. Um, they were right there step for step with them, I thought. They're perfectly uh, – I don't know what the new coach over there is running, but I'm assuming it's probably similar to what Coach Pat Node ran if, you know, if he was sort of a disciple in that system. And their kids are tough. They're big. They're hard-nosed, and um, no matter what, whether when, when I was at Sauhegan when we were playing them, whether and, and we used to scrimmage them when I was at Hollis Brookline as the offensive coordinator, even when we had our best teams, we went over there. We were buckling our chin straps up because they would they would come at you. And I think there's not as many teams these days that are that have that mentality. And that's not a oh kids these days. Yeah, are right. It's, it's yeah, just the yeah. reality of the way the game is. Well, how many teams run us out a spread of a spread offense, offense right. or, or something similar to that? And, and so it's, it's harder for teams to, f I think, to defend 
uh, against a team like that when you're not used to it and you can't simulate it. Yeah. Right. Where it's just I'm gonna I'm just gonna mash your face into the ground every play, and either you're gonna win or you know you're gonna get tired or I am. Right. And generally those guys are built around that toughness. So the Nagnock's one of those teams I have a lot of respect for. It'll be interesting. I, I look forward to the Campbell Manadnock matchup. Um, and I, I don't re I don't remember what I week they're playing, I'm but I think it's fairly early on. Yeah, I'm not that not entirely that familiar with the the schedule. I will be in a probably another week or so. Yeah. Um, you know, Mike, at, when we started, before we started uh, recording here, you said, you know, I, I always sit down and I think, how are we going to fill all this time? And we filled all this time. So oh. we're uh, just about done. Um, any final thoughts on, on this opening weekend? Maybe what a game you are really interested in? I know you mentioned that Salem South won. Uh, yeah, Salem South was one I was looking at. I was looking at Exeter Central. Um, and, and if I was going to go to a D2 game, I was really interested to see Milford Convalve. Right, yeah. Because um, yeah. I think those are two contenders as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun this season. I think that's really my takeaway from what we've discussed tonight is that, uh, you know, it's cliche to be like, oh, I need to, you know, it's going to be wide open and a lot of teams. But I really do think that's the case this year. It's like I said, we talked about Division One. We barely even talked about Pinkerton Academy for God's yeah, sake. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. you know, so... Um, I, I think those those three games are pretty big in my mind. I'm I'm not sure which one I'm going to go see. Um, Wyndham's playing Hollis Brookline on Saturday. Saturday, yep, yep. Big game. Actually, I will I will be at that one. Yep. Um, I'll be heading out probably do uh, three games, head out to three games this weekend with a night game Saturday. Uh, of course, I'll have um, the South Salem game Friday night, uh, and then uh, Joseph Conti, who uh, has helped me out, you know, last foot last football season and basketball season. Be, he's back again for another year. He'll be over at Pinkerton and Alvern uh, Friday. And then, like I said, uh, Saturday I'll be over at Wyndham for that game against Hollis Brookline. Coming back over to Nashua to see uh, Londonderry and BG Saturday yep. night. Uh, busy opening weekend, but, you know, I, I honestly wouldn't want to have it any other way. No. Um, you know, really looking forward to it. Uh, I have a couple other things coming up. Of course, previews for the rest of the week of, you know, Division Two tomorrow or on Wednesday and Division One on Thursday. Uh, we'll take a little bit of a quick look at each game that's coming up. Um, you know, have uh, a couple other, some coverage of some other sports. Um, think predominantly field hockey this week. Get a little bit more into volleyball next week. Of course, have a volleyball preview on Friday. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think uh, it's going to be a pretty great season and getting off to a good start. So, uh, you know, for Mike Lockman, uh, thanks again for joining me. We'll, uh, of course, hear from you again next week if you, don't get tired of this already. No way. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so once again, I'm uh, Joe Marcellina. I want to thank you all for listening. <laughs>